0: friends. Lindsey Perry here and welcome to the new year. We are thrilled to launch our Beyond the Woods podcast, helping bring us just a little closer together. This season is all about your story and how you found success. Throughout this season, we will hear from our fellow Beyond family members on how they found their success and how we can take a win right out of their books. In this episode you will learn how buddy selling is not only more fun, but wildly successful. How about we kick off our talk with a good buddy of mine, Blake Wilson. Blake and I go way back. He kind of helped me cut my teeth in this industry. I like to say he was my first rookie, and he may have taught me a little more about this industry than I had the opportunity to teach him. So I was super pumped to have him come and join us today and maybe share some of his lessons with all of you.
1: Thanks for having me, Lindsay.
0: So let's get started and give everybody a little history about you so they know who you are and kind of where you started before coming over into the financial technology industry. So
1: I was uh, relatively raw, I would say. I was fresh out of college. Uh, I was chasing, a, I guess, a football dream um, and I was playing arena football. And obviously that didn't pay all the bills and I knew I wanted to do sales. I'd done some sales stuff in college. And so um, essentially went to the job boards and I applied for every single sales job under the moon, did multiple interviews and ran into this one that was credit card processing for uh, a company called payment express systems, a tiny ISO that essentially was a a vendor for one of the larger regional banks in South Dakota and did a couple interviews they offered me the position. I still didn't really know what credit card processing was, but I knew how much they were going to pay me. And so I was like, okay, I need to accept this job um, <laughs> so I can pay rent this month. And so kind of dove in to the industry from that spot. And, you know, I guess started from there and here we are eight years later and I'm still in the industry.
0: Eight years later and you're still a part of financial technology. So you mentioned you started at a small ISO and you and I met when you started working for Heartland. Tell us a little bit, how did you get from the the ISO you were at to Heartland and then maybe even how did you get from there to here?
1: So, uh, you know, so I was at this ISO and essentially what I was doing was covering, you know, 25 regional banks. And like I said, I had no idea what credit card processing was (laughs) like literally didn't like have a clue of that the industry existed. And so, you know, I, I had about an hour and a half of training from my manager in a hotel room in South Dakota, and then he kind of set me loose. And so I was selling there for about a year and a half from my apartment. Essentially, they would send over, you know, quite a few leads. I'd go meet with bankers and, you know, sign some deals up and, you know, I was make, making okay money. But I thought that there's an op- or chance that we might lose that bank relationship where, I also thought then if we lose that bank relationship, I'm not sure if I'm going to have a a job. And so Harlan had been recruiting me to, to take an interview. And so I took an interview and, you know, they had, you know, given me an idea of what the compensation would look like. And I started, you know, the, the wheel started spinning in my head of, okay, you know, I've been seeing all these accounts that I've been signing through the bank. If I was able to sign these here, I'm assuming that I would make quite a bit more money. And so I decided, all right, what the heck, I'm going to go for it and try this out. And so I jumped into to Heartland, you know, head first and, and had quite a bit of success out the gates and, you know, had a, you know, fun, like about three and a half years there and, mm-hmm. you know, learned a lot and had a good transition. And then, you know, when uh, Bob Carr had the call with the company and letting us know that Global was, you know, coming in and buying Heartland, obviously, you know, I was still young and naive. I didn't like, oh, they said everything's going to stay the same. And. And so for some of it, you know, being secluded out in the Dakotas, some of it did stay the same, but also I was starting to look for, you know, I wanted an opportunity to, you know, grow within a company, help build a company. And so when I heard about beyond, I mean, obviously, uh, that just was extremely attracted to me starting something from scratch. And so, and I knew that you were over here and, you know, we'd worked together so Mm -hmm. much and uh, you know, the training piece and, you know, selling payroll. And I was kind of the guinea pig for the <laughs> payroll training and those sorts of things at Heartland that, you know, I just kind of want to come over and jump into it head first with, with you and a bunch of the other people that, you know, I was familiar with that mm-hmm. were coming over to beyond. And so that's what led me to beyond, you know, the, the opportunity to grow something and, you know, the, the piece of it with give something back, that's a huge piece as well. And then also the opportunity, just the, the financial potential that we have mm-hmm. here at beyond was extremely attractive.
0: And it doesn't hurt that we get to own part of this company too, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that was the the huge piece. We'd heard so many stories about, you know, well, when Heartland sold for $103 a share and the part when they went, you know, they had their IPO and mm-hmm. all those pieces of reps that were there a long time before me and had gained some wealth that way. That was something that I wanted to try to recreate mm-hmm. here at Beyond.
0: Now, and that's, I know for me as well, the opportunity to get to build something from nothing do it with some of my friends and ultimately own a part of the company i was building was such a big piece for me as well you know i had gotten out of the industry after heartland and kind of did my my stint in the nonprofit space went worked for junior achievement usa and really kind of learned a little bit about that and when given the opportunity to come up beyond i i had to take it i wanted to see what bob was going to do next and how I could be a part of it and this time be able to be, be a part of building it, you know, from, from ground zero, I do want to talk a little bit about your time when you were still in the sales seat, because I know here at beyond, you know, for those of you that don't know Blake, he's one of our vice presidents of sales. He runs region four and Blake, you pretty much from day one at beyond have been in leadership. But in your past life over at Heartland, you were in that sales seat. So I kind of want to talk a little bit about that sales seat, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah. So like I said, you know, I had some an idea of what credit card processing was uh, after a year and a half at uh, the little company I was working for for that bank, but I really didn't get very good training. They kind of threw this tiered pricing model at me. I didn't really understand what interchange was yet, I mean, I didn't completely understand the the whole sales process because there were leads coming in from the bank and. I mean, they were relatively easy to close. And so I, I didn't really understand that, you know, a lot of people were, you know, just the the part of studying the appointments and running the professional appointment and asking for the sale and, and those pieces. And so when I dove into Heartland, that was, I guess, kind of a, a wake up call for me per se, but I had some success out the gates, which I guess made it a little easier. And so when I came into Heartland, you know, I was getting all these leads from the bank. So it wasn't like I was going out and creating this huge network. And so it was like, okay, you need to go set 10 appointments. Mm. And so I kind of dove into the, the few connections that I had in the area. I was still relatively new to Sioux Falls. And so it's not like I knew a ton of business owners. I didn't grow mm-hmm. up around there. And so I kind of had to go to, okay, where do I do business at? Mm-hmm. I was, you know, 25 years old. So one of the places that I did business at was the liquor store. I knew where I got my car washed. Mm-hmm. I knew where I got my haircut. I had a connection with like a daycare provider a few gyms and, and some other appointments that just weren't great appointments. And so, you know, with that, as I dove into it, one, I learned a lot about the sales process. One, it's kind of funny, like thinking back to where I was doing those calls that I was in a transition period from my apartment to my townhouse. Okay, I was like literally in this basement with the computer set up on like a a table and I'm down there on a call with you, you know, going through my 30 second intro, going through on an appointment and, you know forecasting things and and this those sorts of things to try to you know go out and have success and so i go out my first appointment was like on a wednesday and it's a liquor store and it's a pretty big one in town and i knew them really well and so i go in there and he's basically like yeah if you come in and you know it sounds everything sounds good if you can integrate with our point of sale and you know your rates close to where we're at you know i'll switch everything over so my boss at the time is like oh this is awesome let's go run the analysis and we go to this restaurant across the street and we run the analysis and she was like, well, it's going to be, you know, close to 12,000 in margin. And I was like, Oh, is that good? And she's like, yes, that's <laughs> awesome. You're going to get a $6,000 signing bonus and you're going to get this and that. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And so we go back over there and I sign that. And then the next day I actually updated my LinkedIn that day and said that I was in this industry now. And I'm, I think I actually just created a LinkedIn and that night I get a message from uh, this guy that I get my car washed at. And he's like, hey, could you come in? You know, we want to take a look at this as well tomorrow. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I go in there and he signs up right away. I get a, it was like $7,700 in margin. So in these first two days, I I'd closed about $2,000 in margin. This was a Thursday. So I, I literally wasn't going to do anything Friday and I really didn't. But I received a lead for this tiny little antique shop. Okay. And I just signed it over the phone, which was like $500 in margin. And then I didn't do anything over the weekend. And then the next like Tuesday, when I say I didn't know a whole lot about credit card processing, I knew very little about payroll. I knew like mm-hmm. three key talking points. And so that next Tuesday, I had a, a payroll appointment and I go in there and it's a daycare with about 250 employees. And I sign it and it was like 22,000 in margin. Mm. And so I literally thought, that I was going to be the richest human being in the world.
0: Well, I like, and I thought I was the greatest trainer of all time. Yes. Just so you know, because <laughs> you being my first rookie and I'm hearing, you know, people are having a hard time to, to make their goal. And here you were putting up 20, 22, 25,000 a month right out the gate. I was like, God, I'm good at this. <laughs> like I should do this for everybody because if I can get this kid from Sioux Falls doing this, I, I'm good yeah now, for all of my listeners, I've got to come clean. Blake, I need you to still tell the story that it's me that made you successful. But, guys, I really can't take credit for this. this uh, is this is Blake. he he put all the work in, totally used all of my ideas, though
1: all of all, all Lindsay's of my ideas, ideas. All of them. <laughs> like everything she said to close a deal worked so exactly. <laughs> and I mean,
0: no, but you even mentioned payroll. And again, another fun little fact with the Blake and Lindsay story, I had just been certified to teach payroll. And I wanted to start trying it. You know, I, I had a new toy. I learned how to do it. I wanted to go and play with the new toy. And so I called up my first rookie, Blake, and I said, Hey, what do you think about getting certified to sell payroll? And he was like, oh, okay, that sounds fun. Like, is it going to be hard? I was like, I don't know. I've never t- really trained it before. I just got certified. Do you want to be my like test me? We can try this out together. And so we, you survived that training. Oh yeah. You, you helped me a lot with that training and then oddly enough, people continued task me to train them to do payroll. So we we figured it out pretty well, I think.
1: Yeah, and I still don't think and like all of this is, you know, is I was never uh I guess an expert at all of it. I just kind of knew what was going to move the needle for for specific businesses and was comfortable talking to it with my customers once I'd already built up the trust and so mm-hmm. that piece was relatively easy to go out and sell the payroll aspect and you know, just gave me a different avenue like if a business didn't accept card, okay, well you've got employees. So yeah. I know you can do payroll and I want to sell you something. So I'm going to bring this up and I think we have a product that can help you out. And so we had, you know, like I said, it was a learning experience with, with some of those pieces. And, you know, my, my story wasn't consistently 20 to 25,000 every month. I got to about month five and I think I'd probably got a little comfortable mm. and all of a sudden my pipeline had dried up a little bit and then I mm. started doing some scrambling. I ran into a couple months where, you know, I was it's towards the end of the month and I'm trying to hit my goals and and those pieces But you know what really kind of started to I guess take my my game back up to where I was starting at was You know got to know people on our team and Dustin Robinson was you know same age as me We kind of went talked a little bit about we had some crazy uh, history of just kind of running into each other in the past that we didn't uh-huh. even really realize and you'd see each other and like Hey, I think I know that guy and now all of a sudden we're working together And so we kind of clicked and we started, you know, I guess in a transition to where we were going out and and doing some prospecting together as well, which I guess, you know, in in turn helped both of our results from that point as well. Mm
0: -hmm. So, and and I do want to take a break in just a moment, but before we take a break, I kind of want to recap what you just said there, because when I was training you, one of the things that always stood out that was different in training you and training some of the other individuals that I was working with was you really were diligent about following a system. You had a system, you knew you had to have a certain number of doors that you were either going to pull or you were going to call on. You you always had to like kind of your checklist that I felt like you were going through and checking. And I do remember there was that couple months where your numbers really started dipping. And when we were talking about that, you had just mentioned like just prospecting. I just, you know, you, you'd you kind of lost the fun of it. It wasn't something you were looking forward to. And One of the things that I loved learning about what you were doing is what you and Dustin did and how you approached the prospecting. And so when we come back from our break, I'm gonna dig a little bit deeper into this approach that Dustin and Blake used when they were out prospecting to, as you heard him say it himself, not only feed their pipeline, but ultimately help their success and kind of skyrocket them to the next level. Hey everybody, Harvey here from the sales training team. I want to invite you to come join me for a call every Monday at 11 a.m. Central, where I show you how to use free resources found online to build a hit list around industries that you want to attack or maybe find businesses that qualify for rapid review. Find the link to register for this class on the sales training calendar found on the landing. If you have any questions, reach out to salestraining@getbeyond.com. We'll see you at the top. All right, all right. So now that we are back from our break, let's dive back into that system, that approach that you and Dustin used when prospecting. So, talk to me about this, Blake.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Dustin was my so I was on for as a BA or a similar role. It was a BA uh, just out selling for three or four months, and then my manager at the time then moved me to Dustin's team because he was uh, in the team lead position. So I, I worked with him for. A couple months, and then my boss then moved me into the team lead position as well. So we were both had really small teams. You know, we're in the Dakotas. There's not room for a lot of people because we have more cattle than people out there. (laughs) We were, you know, just trying to have more fun with the role. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were still learning the industry, um, learning all the tricks of the trade. And, you know, he was putting up huge numbers, and he is probably and still is one of the most, I guess, dynamic cold callers, I would call. And so part of my approach was, okay, if he's doing a really good job at cold calling and I've hit this little bit of slump, how can I learn something from him um, on the cold calling piece? Okay. And in the process, you know, I was doing some stuff on uh, in the banking side of, you know, getting partnerships set up that way where he kind of wanted to, you know, get a feel for that. So we started just working together and we really just started out with, you know, when we go back to my system was, is if, if you wake up in the morning and you don't have like a game plan put out there for what you're going to do. And you know we work from home. That day can get away from you pretty quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty soon you're, you know, sitting on Facebook, or you're, it's noon and you haven't made a call yet, and uh, it's a little cold outside because we live in the frozen tundra. So maybe I don't want to go out today. Well,
0: and Judge Judy's on, so
1: absolutely. So the day can get away from you. So like I would always have a set plan where okay, these are the businesses that I want to call on this day in this area. Um, here's the follow-ups I mm-hmm. need to make. Oh, here's what I expect to close. That's what I have to do for an install this day. When's the equipment going to be here X, Y, Z. And so to kind of put that together is Dustin and I would come up with, okay, I've got appointments on, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, let's go cold call in this area together on Monday and Tuesday, and maybe even cold call some partnerships as well. So we would okay. do drop-ins to banks, point of sale dealers, software providers and then just your your businesses okay so we go to a specific area and sometimes we were traveling outside of town because we just traveled a lot out in the middle of nowhere as well and you know we'd get out and hit a fit for the strip mall or if it was a restaurant we would essentially just go every other and they would just go in and cold call we wouldn't go together but we would be in the car together and he would jump out run in and cold call this business I'd jump out running and cold call the next business and go on and on and maybe if we had to do some follow-ups in the area we would do it at the same time And we would try to set it up to where we were going to set appointments for that same day a week from out so that we could come back together as well. It didn't always work that way because obviously business owners have different schedules, Mm -hmm. but that was our intent. So we were going to drive, you know, to a town that was 30 miles away. We would like to see if we could get, you know, uh, appointments set up that same day so we can come back and tackle those. So what we would do off of that is, you know, Dustin would get out, go in and cold call someone. The very few times that he came out and didn't set an appointment. We would talk about it. Hey man, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what did you say when you went in there? So like I could do Dustin's 30 second intro to a T, and he would get mad at me for doing it, but, um, (laughs) I could still do it pretty well. And so I knew what he was saying. He kind of had an idea of what I was saying. We had Mm -hmm. completely, I guess, different ideas to go about it, Mm -hmm. but we knew that we had to overcome the same objections
0: Mm -hmm. all the
1: time. And so how did he overcome them? What's working for him? What's working for me? And what would he say if if this came up, or what would I say? And so, really, it was just an opportunity to one to build team environment. We were never stepping on each other's toes. We knew every business that they were going to be in. If he went in and signed a fifteen thousand dollar deal, and the account that I went in and cold called next door was only three thousand, we were still super pumped for each other. Like there mm-hmm. was there was none of that. We were just excited that we were out working together and having success. And then, the, I guess the most fun part of it was. Occasionally, you're going to get somebody that's really mad Mm -hmm. or really grumpy, maybe that day. Mm -hmm. And they would say something extremely rude to you. And a lot of times what that happens with the salesperson is they get something, you know, thrown in their face where they walk out. They don't have someone to talk to Mm -hmm. or maybe even if they call their boss and their boss has given them all the ways to overcome that. And they're like, no, this guy was just a jerk. Right. Right. Like I wasn't going to overcome it. So Dustin would come in and be like, dude, this guy said this to me. And I'm like, oh, I've got the perfect comeback for that. I'm going to go in there and try it now. And so we would have fun with it that way. And and then we would also just joke with each other. So whenever we heard a no, that was really bad. And you'd think it might just ruin your day. Mm-hmm. You know, we would come back in the car and maybe have some friendly banter about it. Where it made that no not seem like a big deal. Right. And so that was a huge part of what we did, too, is just you had... The environment that we created by just working together um, yeah. and then we just fed off of each other's success more than anything so he was closing margin i was closing margin we would sometimes like pull into a little town and we knew that there was like probably going to be maybe one restaurant that did a ton of business there or one gas station mm-hmm. or something along those lines and it was like rock paper scissors it's on like whoever okay. gets this gets to go in and cold call and set that appointment until like one time he won like four in a row and I was like alright it's enough I'm just gonna jump no more over rock the-
0: paper scissors I'm <laughs>
1: jumping out of the car <laughs> running in there and so that was kind of our strategy behind it it, it held each other accountable mm-hmm. one I mean you were always gonna have activity because you were always going out together mm-hmm. um, it was a learning experience um, we were always bouncing ideas off of each other and I mean we probably went on a I don't mean sixteen to twenty month run where I don't know if either of us were under twenty thousand mm-hmm. and I would say that. The the reason behind it was because we were so active and we mm-hmm. kept learning and we kept getting better, you know, at our prospecting. And, you know, we were creating partnerships from it as well. Cause we'd walk into a bank and one day we were like, hey, we don't have any appointments. Let's go cold call some banks. And like that might sound crazy to right. people. Like you're gonna go cold call banks. And we drove around, it was probably like a hundred mile radius. Like again, we're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and we go to these banks and we'd just walk in and be like, hey, um, you know, who handles your merchant services? And some of them would have, you know, a rep there. So that was a little awkward, but that right. gave us an opportunity to maybe recruit them to our mm-hmm. team. Um, but most of the time we'd get like a, you know, a, a VP of business banking and he'd, be like, Hey, well, you know, what can I help you out with? And we'd go sit down with them and start explaining all of a sudden he'd be letting us know what his contract is with his current provider, mm. you know, what all of their issues are. And we were able to get like three or four opportunities with banking partnerships just from doing drop-ins there which people probably don't do very often. And so mm-hmm. we just had a lot of fun with it. And you know, it's something that we did up until the start of Beyond, even in beyond when I was in the leadership role, I might not have been out selling with him, um, but I was usually sitting in the vehicle with him doing my job and in, in the passenger seat. And he was out, you know, um, cold calling and, and doing his thing selling.
0: That's so cool. I love that story. Cause I mean, in my stint in selling, I remember sometimes the hardest part was just opening my garage door. Oh, yeah. And just going and getting in my car. I mean, I don't like to admit it, but there were many a mornings where I sat next to my island on the ground like a child and just sat there thinking, I have to pull, I have to open that door. Like, I, it's 1030 in the morning. I've got to go get in my car. I've got to do something. And it just, it was hard. There were just those days where the no's were really hard to hear. And I didn't want to go and hear them. and. I I just every time that happened for me, I would just kind of think to myself, gosh, I wish I had like a Dustin, my partner that I could go out with my buddy that I could go and pull doors with and kind of have my jokes and in the car and, and let those nose hurt a little less. And
1: well, that was like, I mean, I mean, part of it was what's her name that does like the five second rule um yeah uh, and uh, mel, mel, mel robbins yes and so like that piece i mean that's part of it like you're talking about mm-hmm. opening the door getting out of bed um going and doing it because as soon as you start doing it uh i mean then you're just you're you're going but it's hard to hold yourself accountable mm-hmm. each and every single day to in order to do that and so this was a big piece of it was it started out as probably an accountability factor on my end mm-hmm. um because i'd had a couple months where i was slumping a little bit and i wanted to get back to where where i was and i looked at someone okay you know he's the same age as me you know he he thinks he's better looking than me but he's he's not and so uh, do we
0: need to have pictures pop up yep. for the podcast so yep. people can compare and so okay.
1: i can't figure out how he's having so much success but he is one of the best cold callers out there and mm-hmm. i knew that and so how do i learn from him well there's no better way than me jumping in with him and i didn't go in with him mm-hmm. but he would come out and we would discuss what he said and kind of go through the pieces of what moved the needle for him i
0: want to dig in there a little bit because you're not the first duo that I've heard kind of using this, I don't really know what to call it, buddy system. Let's yeah. call it a buddy system, guys. We're we're gonna give it that label for today at least. But people have approached it differently. And there's some approaches that seem like they can get a little hairy and kind of complicated. Can you help me understand how were you guys doing this? So you were not going in and prospecting together. You were not physically going in the building together, right? Yeah.
1: So we wanted to be efficient with our time, okay. right? So Attack as much business as we could in that area. And if we're going in together, I mean, that's just cutting our time in half. And if Mm. we're running appointments together, that's cutting our time in half as well. And it's, I guess, cutting our potential of earning. And, you know, that's our compensation model is we we wanted to max it out as much as we could and take advantage of our compensation model. And so we would go to an area. He would either jump out and cold call that one. And if it was like a strip mall, we would say, hey, I'm going to take that half you Mm -hmm. take that half and you know we'll attack it from that piece and then when we have set appointments we never ran an appointment together there's like a handful of times where we kind of did where if it was an industry like Dustin sold a ton of restaurant and that wasn't something that I sold a ton of and so he would then if I was like in a restaurant I'd set an appointment there I was maybe struggling to close and these are your objections that I was running into then maybe I would bring him in and say Mm. hey you're an expert at this in and help me out for a little backup or if it was payroll Dustin never sold payroll right Um, so maybe if there was a payroll opportunity and he had some questions or like an e-commerce opportunity he was like hey man can you come in and help me out and and give me a little you know like industry uh expert knowledge Mm -hmm. to this system and how this will work and ensure them how easy it'll be and you know all the ins and outs of what it takes to close a deal and so then we would come in but we were trying to maximize our time and so more than anything it was a a prospecting method to kind of learn that way and Mm -hmm. then also you know when we would travel places i mean we traveled up to two three hours away to go Mm -hmm. prospect and to go close accounts then we would tag along and sometimes you were if he was running an appointment in that area and i didn't have an appointment that just gave me i knew like you know half hour to an hour to go prospect so Mm. while he was running that appointment you know i would just go hit up the neighboring businesses and you know try to set some appointments with them as well so okay. whether it was walking or driving the car and then as soon as he got done with the appointment he would hey uh where did you go right
0: right, right where do <laughs> so, I meet you what's yeah. okay. and so
1: that's that's the way we worked we didn't want to get it to where you know you're going into these accounts and you're trying to split margins and right. and doing that and and you're kind of being inefficient with your time mm-hmm. essentially because hey i i can't run this appointment unless you know dustin's with me or i can't do this unless right. they're with me and then if, you know, someone's coming in and they're taking credit for the account, maybe they're getting a hundred percent margin, but they're getting, the other person's getting called for service calls and just those pieces we wanted to stay away from. And mm-hmm. we literally never once, uh, and we still talk about this occasionally, cause this co- comes up once in a while mm-hmm. where people are like, yeah, you know, we've got a bunch of people in our area and you know, we're battling over the same accounts. We had zero issues and we did this for, you know, three, four years of, mm-hmm. of selling together was zero issue issues over margin over stealing people's accounts mm-hmm. or this person was in there first we just never had anything like that and mainly because in mean, one we were both having a lot of success uh but I think it was just we were excited for each other to have success right. as well and it was a friendly competition like right you know that was the, that was the cool part of it
0: you were making each other better and and kind of getting to do that together yeah and you know, one of the things, and, and I know you've mentioned a few different times that you guys didn't split any deals. I'm assuming even if you went in and ran that payroll deal for him, there was no split going on then. It was just kind of a gentleman's agreement of I'll scratch your back next time and help you out at the next. Okay. Yeah.
1: We literally split one account. It was a new restaurant and he was like, I'll take the card because I know card and you can take the payroll, Got new payroll and then there was one other one that we received a lead from our our boss at the time and it was 10 locations so we just literally split it five and five and those were the only ones that we ever split and the 10 locations they probably wouldn't ever do a deal with us because if they only had one rep they wanted to make sure that they had more than one person so that was our selling point on on that piece but the rest of them i mean we never split anything and you know, the the only time that I got mad at him is when he won like four or five rock, paper, scissors in a row. And I was sick of it. So I just pull up to the car, locked the door, locked his door, jumped mm. out and ran into the business.
0: It's a good move. Yeah.
1: You know, and it, clearly he was cheating. I think cheating. he taught me that one too.
0: Yeah. You, you can't, <laughs> there's no way to win rock, paper, scissors four times in a row unless you're cheating. Yes. Obviously yep. he was cheating there. Absolutely. So yeah. Well, you mentioned when we first, before our break, that when you got started, you know, it was about eight years ago, seven and a half, eight years ago in the industry, and you had made mention, you know, the apartment and then moving from the apartment to the townhouse. You still in that townhouse?
1: Uh, yeah, not in the townhouse anymore. Okay.
0: <laughs> so uh, uh, Townhouse
1: was good to me though. But was just, it? Yeah. <laughs> good, good.
0: So tell me, as a younger man... Moving from an apartment to a townhouse to I've seen some pictures of a pretty nice new home. Um, Has this industry been good to you?
1: Yeah, this industry has been, I guess, a blessing in disguise. I was a a college student, you know. Okay, go to school, major in business. And then when you get done with school, what the heck does that mean? Mm. And so that's kind of where I was at. I was like, "Ah, I can't sit in an office. Like, I will go crazy if I sit on a computer all day. And I was like, okay. The other piece of it is, okay, how do I maximize my earnings? Like Mm -hmm. what, where can I do that the fastest? And you know, sales is obviously was the number one category of how I can go out and and create something. And then I need to find a platform. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I kind of tripped and fell into it when I accepted that role with the credit card processing gig. But then I found, you know, our our compensation model that we have beyond that it was a platform to me that if I, you know, strengthen my skills, and I was mm-hmm. determined enough where I could take advantage of that platform, is make as much money as I wanted to make and create as much wealth as I wanted to. And so that was the opportunity. And then what that was tied to was credit card processing and payroll. Okay, so now how do I learn this,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: And how do is this something that's going to be needed in the marketplace? And is it ever going to go away? You know, those are questions that one of my mom's asking and my dad's mm-hmm. asking, like, oh, what are you going to do? You know, um, I'm from the farm, so they they're like, hey, you mm-hmm. got to make sure that. You're going to make enough money to do everything you want to do and blah, blah, blah. And so it was like, how do I learn all of this stuff? And so they have this really cool machine. It's called Google. Mm, and so part Google. of it was, you know, I had to learn the sales process and learn how we, you know, did business. But a lot of the extra, you know, stuff that I learned and how to, you know, be tied into the industry was I would go to Google. I'd be like, hey, what is, what is really is interchange? How does this work? How does mm-hmm. the banking system work? So that I have a really good understanding of when I walk into the business that I can explain this to them so that they they feel, especially being younger, you know, they're when I walked in, they're probably going to look at me and go, okay, he doesn't really know what mm-hmm. he's talking about. But then when I'm able to start talking to them and explaining all of it, they're gonna be like, oh, holy mm-hmm. cow, this guy does know what he's talking about. And so just some of those things to, that help me become more dangerous mm-hmm. because you're never going to know everything about this industry. Mm-mm. I mean, it's technology. I mean, that's going to change. All the time, since I started in this, you know what cell phones have went from computers, iPads, has changed immensely, mm-hmm. and the same with our industry for you know what the technology that's coming out. So it was just understanding kind of the back end pieces of it, what's going to make me dangerous in the marketplace, what I need to know about payroll and HR because mm-hmm. HR is probably going to change every single day. But mm-hmm. what's going to move the needle for for business owners? It's kind of the research that I kind of did on my own, and then obviously you know we provide a lot of resources as well to kind of help you out. But part of it is going to have to be, I need to be tied into the industry that I want to mm-hmm. be successful in, in order to be successful. So you're going to pick up habits along the way. You know, when I would walk into businesses, if they were using a specific point of sale, or I was able to spot a, a terminal, I knew what their pain points were. So that mm-hmm. just made it easier. And that stuff will come with time. But we're going to be able to help you out up front on, you know, learning the, the most basic pieces that'll still be able to, you know, create some success out the gates.
0: hmm Well, and one of the things I love so much about you and Dustin's story ties into you guys' house. Now, guys, they've got a cute little relationship. It involves golf carts. They're neighbors now. (laughs) I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. So you started out, didn't even really know each other, kind of should have known each other, it sounds like. Yeah. And now aren't you guys basically neighbors?
1: Yeah, so, you know, it's kind of funny because my townhouse... I needed to get out of my townhouse when I started, when we first started at beyond, I was like, okay, it's time to <laughs> to move out of my man cave. And, um, and Katie wanted me to move out of my man cave as well. <laughs> and so I was actually on the market for a house. Okay. Now, if you know, Dustin, he's the most compulsive person in the world. And so yes. we have, you know, I'm assuming they have it everywhere. Pray to Holmes is in Sioux Falls in early May. And I've been looking for a house for a while and I was out of town for something. And I get a call from Dustin and he's like, like, what's up? He's like, I just bought a house. What? He's like, yeah, Abby and I went into this house and we just bought a house. It's in the new Cherry Lake neighborhood. And I was like, like, what, what kind of house did you buy? And he starts going into it. And I'm like, Ooh, you're gonna have to sell a lot. That's going to be awesome for me. Yes. <laughs> Score. And so, you know, he buys this house cause he's compulsive, walked in, saw something shiny and needed to get it. And, you know, so we start, look, I'm still in the process of looking for houses and uh, you know, there's a new one being built that was kind of down the road. And after spending some time at Dustin's in the neighborhood and, you know, pretty soon that I move in, you know, I'm like basically a block and a block and a half away from them. We've got another BA from beyond that's looking to move over there. We've got nice. a part-time BA from beyond that, uh, nice. lives in a uh, half a block from me. And so we've got a pretty cool community beyond obviously has done a lot for us and, you know, some of the success that that we've had here has kind of led to you know us being able to move into that area Mm -hmm. and uh, I still have to see Dustin in the summer when he's driving his red jacked up golf cart with his shirt off through the neighborhood yeah so thinking he's cool but Dustin
0: I don't know if that's cool, buddy. I don't know if that's cool. We'll, we'll to, could you have not gotten an orange one? You had to get red. Come on, guy. Wrong color, right? wrong color, wrong <laughs> color. Now I love it. Well, and it's, it is. It's so cool to think about. And I know you have a, a lot of the individuals that are on your team tend to be a little younger. They're fresh out of college. They're in their late 20s and their early 30s. And I just think it is so cool. I mean, I have so many friends that are even in their 40s that haven't had the opportunity to buy their family home, you know, they're still living in the apartment or in their duplex or whatever it is. And they haven't had that opportunity to buy the home that will fit their new family. You know, now that they're having kids and all of those things and to hear so many young people here at beyond to have enough success that they're buying their dream homes. Yeah. You know, it's so cool.
1: You know, like I talked about a a little bit earlier, it was, as I was looking for a job, you know, I was looking for a job at the time Yeah, and I wanted to find in the back of my head a career and a platform that I could, you know, try to maximize. And I think that's what this platform kind of does for us in this compensation model. And you and I talk about it a lot is, you know, turning this into, you know, like a lifestyle position mm-hmm. where, you know, people can come on, we can have a ton of fun doing this. Mm-hmm. We can help out a ton of business owners. Um, doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. And in that by doing it the right way, it's gonna then turn around and compensate us well. And then also there's just this little piece called gives back that we're doing something that's a lot bigger than what we're doing. And mm-hmm. so that's yeah. really kind of the overwhelming, you know, idea that I have. And mm-hmm. is it gonna be easy? No, it's not gonna be easy, but if we, you know, put in the work, you know, there's plenty of success stories out there that, you know, just in our team and we've got so many kids that you know, are in their twenties or, you know, early thirties that are, you know, have really turned this into where they have flexibility. They're making, you know, as much money as they want to make, you know, some of them are aspiring to make a lot more and some of them are completely comfortable and that's fine. That's what this position allows. And so it's been a pretty cool experience. It's been a lot of fun seeing from mm-hmm. where we've come from.
0: It's been a hell of a ride and I've really enjoyed having, being able to have you here with me and get to do that together. It was fun years back and it's been even more fun this time around. So last question and and then I'll let you go with this. Let's pretend I'm a new kid on the block. I'm new, I'm new to the industry, you know, I'm just getting started and, and maybe I'm not brand new to sales, but I've just I've not been in this space before. How do I find myself a buddy so that I can go out there and see some of that success that you and Dustin had?
1: You know, that's a good question. And it's it's gotta be the you know, you just can't just go and you have a team meeting and I want to work with that person, you know, or however it is, it's gotta be somebody that, you know, you go, and you mesh with personality wise and that you can have fun with and you can create a relationship and create that trust with. So what I would start off with is, you know, I would just start if I was new to the industry and and we had a team built up right in my neighborhood, or even if it was built, you know, outside of my neighborhood, I would start reaching out to the top performers on the team and you know seeing how that works because that was basically how i started hey dustin's still kicking butt i might Mm -hmm. as well call him up and see if i can tag along or if we want to go do something together and then you just i mean if you go out the first couple times and it just doesn't seem to be meshing okay it's not meant to be with that person where i'm not Mm -hmm. you know i'm not going to be able to go out there and cold call with them all the time but there's going to be somebody on the team that you're going to mesh with really well and then that's who i would you know try to push that along with and You'll quickly see that, you know, if you're a $6,000 producer, that's probably if you start doing this twice a week, probably going to bump up to 10 or 15 Mm -hmm. or 20. And the more momentum you get, the higher it's going to go because there's going to be some friendly competition. But it's got to be a personality that meshes. You know, you got to have somebody that you want to work with every day. And, you know, I think just, you know, finding the right person and and going out there and, and you're having success, that'll make it even easier to find the right person.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, listeners, I hope that you took a thing or two from, from our podcast today. I know for me personally, this has been something I've really been looking forward to. Blake and I have been talking about doing a podcast since May of 2017. We thought it'd be kind of a cool way to get information out and talk to our people here at Beyond. And so I'm really glad we were able to get this launched, but more importantly, just selfishly, I, I'm glad I was able to have you come here to Tulsa and uh, do this podcast with me. Just man. It's It's been a long time, right? Weekly, me and you. He's he's coming here. You guys are stuck with us on a regular (laughs) basis. No, but but all joking aside, I do really appreciate you coming here, buddy. And uh, cheers! Cheers to twenty twenty. Hey, Alyssa. What, Harvey? Do you know what would be super awesome? A whole bunch of puppies. Yes, but also how our listeners can support the pod. Yes. That's awesome too. You can support the pod by subscribing, leaving a review and sharing on all of your social media. Alyssa, I think you nailed it. Thanks.